0: what's going on everybody welcome to the oasis podcast if you're in the knoxville tennessee area we'd love to meet you face to face on a wednesday night at our main park west campus make sure to check us out on social media at oasis pwc to stay up to date on everything going on here so that you can get plugged in and join the oasis family i hope that you enjoy this week's message let's jump in I'm so glad that you're here. I'm so honored that you specifically are here. Like I said earlier, if it is your, your first time or if you're new to us, welcome home. This is a place where you can encounter the love of God with people that love God and love each other. We launched Oasis a couple years ago with the desire just that this could be a space where you could get to know God. You could be transformed by the power of the gospel amongst friends that can love each other, that you can do life with. You weren't meant to do life life alone. Amen? Amen. Man, y'all are asleep at like 9.20, 9.15, whatever time it is. Hair past a freckle. Man, I'm so excited that you're here. Um, tonight's message is going to be a little shorter and I say that hoping that I'm not one of those preachers that says that and then preaches for an hour. I have zero intentions of preaching long tonight. Um, tonight, I want to share what's on my heart. This entire semester, right at the beginning of the school year, God really put on my heart this statement that the world has enough opinions and what they need right now more than anything is hope. So we went into the fall semester intentionally preaching the gospel, which is one of those things that you're like, yeah, pastors should do that. That 100% makes sense. But we just really intentionally leaned into Jesus can change things. Jesus is what you need. Jesus is who you are. And my intentions tonight are to continue that. But... I want to do so from a a little different standpoint tonight. I have yet up until this point to say anything at all about the current events of 2020, from the craziness of COVID starting back in March and everything to where we are now with world events and... um, the election and and everything. I've yet to say a word about it because I genuinely believe that Jesus is the answer. Like it's not just a clever old song. Y'all remember, Jesus is the answer for the world today. It's not just a clever old song. It genuinely is the truth. It is the foundation of what we believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that he died for you, rose for you, and because of that, you can spend eternity in heaven with him if you confess that he is who he says he is. That is the power of the gospel. So tonight, I want to have an Oasis family meeting. I'm going to sit down. We're going to do things a little bit differently tonight, and and I want to share with you what I believe God has put on my heart that we need to know going into the next couple weeks and really the rest of the year. Amen? Can you stick with me tonight? Can you say, yeah, let's have a family meeting. Let's get in the word. Let's make sense of some things and let's move forward intentionally. Amen. Amen. Y'all are nervous. I got you nervous. And there's a part of me that that is totally okay with it. Matthew chapter eight. I'm going to start in in verse uh, 23. It says, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, A furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we are going to drown. But he replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this, even the winds and the waves? obey him. I'm going to pray one more time and uh, we'll jump into this and see what God has in store for us tonight. God, I thank you. I honor you for the family that we get to be a part of, for the family that I get to be a part of. God, I thank you that you saw it fit to create a space where young people could come together and be changed by you. And not just be changed by you, but to find a community, to find a group of people that we can do everyday life with in the midst of the loneliness and the hurt and the junk. God, I ask tonight that there would be a sense of belonging here that goes even beyond what we're used to on Wednesday nights. God, I ask that in the midst of the division and the craziness that our country is walking in right now, that there would be such a peace and such a joy unspeakable and full of glory in your presence tonight. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. Amen. And everybody said. Amen. Amen. This year's been wild, guys. It's really been something. Um, a couple weeks ago, Livy and I got to go visit some friends in Nashville, and he's a he's a detective there. And he was telling us the stories of when the tornadoes hit back in the in early March, mid-March. And how crazy it was that basically like the news came through, hey, this storm is really going to be rough, it's going to be worse than we thought it was going to be, y'all need to take shelter and be okay. So they go and hide in their house and within minutes this craziness unfolds and like two miles from their house was completely destroyed. He got up 30 minutes after the storm had come through and he's got his, his gear and the call is coming through basically all hands on deck. If you are a police officer, a fireman, whatever, we got to go out because people are trapped in their homes. Like craziness has taken place. So when we went and visited them, he's driving us through and he's showing the school that's like half of it's gone. He's driving us through these neighborhoods and we're looking at houses that used to be there that aren't there anymore or look completely different now than they used to. Because right around the time that COVID started, we had this this kind of beginning of some crazy natural disasters that happened in our country along with many other things that took place. So then we get to March and COVID just stops us in our tracks. I'll never forget, I'm sitting at lunch at Aubrey's (laughs) with Jake Johnson, some of you know him, and Pastor Jeremy. And we're sitting here talking about what the summer's going to look like, what life is going to look like. And we get this phone call because somebody had a connection with somebody that knew something was about to happen. It was one of those situations. So we get this phone call and it's basically what, like, y'all better go buy the toilet paper and all the things that you need because this is actually going to get serious. It's a bigger deal than we thought. And it was the day before that the NBA had announced that they were done for the season for now. So overnight, the world went and everything changed. Man, then things continue and we had some of the worst um, racial injustice that I've ever seen. And it was like this year just kept giving craziness. And did I mention that it's an election year? Oh, I know. And everybody just went, guys, why is he talking about this right now? This year's been a lot. And I, I haven't really said that from the pulpit much because you all know that already right? When you come here, this needs to be a space where we talk about Jesus. We get filled up on Jesus so that we can go into the world and tell the world about Jesus. So I, I tend to not come in here and talk about the things that we already know. I want to talk about the good things, but tonight I want to give you permission a little bit for us as a group to go, man, yeah, this was nuts. What in the world was 2020 as if it's over? We still got a little while to go. What in the world has this year been? There's been a lot of up and down, and um, a lot of a lot of sadness, a lot of tears cried, a lot of anxiety, and to be transparent, uh, that's defi- pastors are are definitely not out of that. We early on in the COVID mess, our pastors really intentionally started texting each other just encouraging words because it was awful. When we had to close the church, or not close the church down, but close the building itself down back in March and start doing online services. And then we did services in the parking lot, and that was awesome. And some of these things were so great. But when the thing that God created you to do is taken from you, and the community aspect of these moments of being together with, man, it hurt. Oh, it hurt. Livy and I were planning a wedding in the midst of that nonsense. We were terrified that we weren't even gonna be able to have the ceremony. We had no idea. Everything was up in the year, up in the air. 2020 was wild. And by the grace of God, we and you and the group clung to this thing and we've made it to this point. We've made it to this point. So I know that the election has been wild I know that everybody in the room, regardless of which way you voted, is feeling the tension. And then we got to deal with the craziness that it's probably not going to be over tonight. The tension of that, the stress of that, the struggle of that. But we're going to get through this the same way we have the last few months. And it's going to be by standing on this thing and believing that Jesus really is who he says he is. Now, the story that we're looking at tonight, the context is right after Jesus gives this famous. Sermon on the Mount. He literally climbs up to the top of this hill and people sit all around him and he just starts teaching. And it's page after page after page of beautiful red letters where Jesus teaches on all sorts of things. After that's happened, he continues on and you see these, uh, a few radical healings, one of which being, uh, I think it's Peter's mother-in-law, where he goes in the house and she's got this crazy fever and she's super sick. And Jesus goes in and lays hands on her and she just gets up and goes on like nothing ever happened. And then all these people come to the house where they were and Jesus prays for them and, and they're healed. And they, the disciples and the people that are there watch this miraculous moment after they've seen Jesus talk this crazy sermon, teach this crazy sermon that is knowledge far beyond them. Then they get to see Jesus and experience Jesus perform miracles again. And they've been able to see both Jesus' teaching and his miraculous power. Well, then the situation unfolds. Where they go out on this boat and this crazy storm hits and your boy Jesus is fast asleep <laughs> like nothing has ever happened. And if you've, if you've been in church for a while, you've probably heard this story before. The storm has hit at such a level that they're terrified of what's going to happen. Now, fortunately, I've never been on a boat in the midst of a massive storm. Total rabbit trail story. I can, however, remember going to Cove Lake with the youth when I was in high school. We were going wakeboarding, and this massive storm hit, and we basically had to dock the boat on the opposite side of the lake from where we had parked. And somehow I wandered off and was separate from everybody soaking wet in some restaurant, just hoping that my parents would find me at some point. But that's a different story. But I've never had to deal with the craziness of a storm on a boat. So justifiably, these guys are freaking out, and and I can understand the craziness of what that must have caused. Now, what hits me so heavy is Jesus' response. The disciples wake Jesus up, and I don't for a second believe that Jesus is just grumpy when you wake him up. I don't think this was a harsh response because he was taken from his opportunity of the wonderful dream that he was having, but it does seem as if his response is almost a little harsh. The disciples wake him up and he says, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? You of of little faith, why are you so afraid? And this week I I have um, admittedly probably prepared four or five sermons before we got to tonight because I realized the weight of what's going on around us. But this afternoon, that was the question that I heard the Holy Spirit asking me and uh, us. You of little faith, why are you so afraid? In the midst of 2020 and and the elections and the craziness of all the things going on, I, I hear Jesus asking us, the group that honestly is feeling the bulk of this, Your college and young adults are some of the people that are carrying this weight of the election at the heaviest level, in my opinion. The the mental weight of this, the anxiety, the fear of him or him being elected and all the stress around it. So as I'm praying and going, God, you're going to have to give me something. Jesus, we got to encourage people. We got to have a conversation. And Jesus says to me, why are you so afraid? Why? Why are you so afraid? And I can almost feel the response. Oh, Caleb, bro, it's pretty obvious why I'm afraid. You don't know how hard this year has been, and, and you don't know how depressed I've been. You don't know what it's like. If I can just be sh- super honest, Caleb, you're a you're a young white man. What? How can you ask that question in the midst of the things that are going on? But I hear the voice of the Lord saying, man, I know the storm is intense, but why are you afraid? And I, I realized that, that there's a reality around us. There's a crazy situation that we're currently dealing with. And for a lot of us, the quote unquote boat feels like it's upside down right now. Like the storm has been here since March and uh, I'm just trying to get my head up out the water to breathe. But these men are their, their literal life is in danger. This isn't a a a potential thought of what could happen. If he gets elected and things go crazy, if he gets elected and things go crazy, if God forbid it's a few more weeks before we find out and we deal with all the court stuff and all the things that are potentially going to happen and then what happens if everybody goes crazy at that point? We have some real legitimate fears that I know people are processing through. But these men are literally about to drown. They're in the midst of this storm, in the thick of the situation, and the Savior of the world that loves him more than anybody else says man why are you afraid why why are you so afraid Now, I'm not insinuating in the slightest that we shouldn't care about what's happening. I'm not insinuating in the slightest that you shouldn't have voted, that you shouldn't have prayed and voted your conviction, and that I'm not in any way trying to downplay the importance of this election and what's happening around us. However, my heart is heavy today. If I can be so transparent, my heart is heavy today because I realize the weight of our hope that is currently placed in a political system. And if I can be in your business for a minute, I know that because I follow you on social media. I know what's happening. I see the, the heartache and the stress and the struggle, and I feel it too. This is weird and this is radical. But if we believe what we say we believe, then even in the storm, our hope. Our faith and our our future perspective, our future view has to be based on this. Amen? Let me be let me be leader for a minute. I had a, a conversation with somebody earlier. It's a, a good friend of mine that voted differently from me, just for the sake of, of saying it. And we talked for about an hour about this, about my, how my heart was breaking for, for you guys, for, for my family, for our church, for our, our country, and the tension and the division that we're dealing with. And we, we talked for about an hour. And at the end of the conversation, he said, man, for what it's worth, the most important thing you can do tonight is show them the amount of wrestling that you've done with this. I've spent a lot of time Processing that I don't understand a lot of what's going on. If I could be completely honest, I'm at least aware that I'm unaware of the impact of racism in our country. I'm at least aware that I, I, I don't fully get it at the level that I want to. And I can at least acknowledge that if a part of the body is hurting, I need to hurt too. And, I, and honestly, I want to. I, I want to feel it at a different level. I, I know I can't put myself in those shoes, but I at least want to care. I, I want to care about every individual in the room and the heartache that you're dealing with the family background that you have, the things that you've gone through that made you vote the way that you did regardless of what that looked like. I want to care and I do care. As I said, I probably changed my sermon four times before we got to tonight because I don't, I don't want to say anything that isn't directly from the Lord. I don't want to speak out of my own ignorance. I don't want to speak out of my own preference. I, I want to, to get into this word And see what God has for us tonight. So there were two things that the Lord gave me. First was that there is a storm that many of us are dealing with. But he's still the one that speaks to the wind and the waves and causes them to stop. The second was uh, this passage of scripture in John. John chapter 13 verse 34 and 35. It says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I Have loved you, so you must love one another. And by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Jesus isn't speaking to a massive crowd of random people in this context. He's speaking to the believers that are following him. And he says, This new command that I give you is to love one another as I've loved you, to sacrifice, to give myself, to be present to deal with the craziness, and to give my life for you, I command you to love each other. And that is how people will know that you're my follower if you love one another. Now, the reason that I mention this is one of the things that is breaking my heart the most about our current state is the division in the church. You've got one group voting one way and one group voting the other, and there's a lot of intensity in that. And I, I realize the, the weight in the heart of that and that there's a, a feeling that I have to fully commit. I have to really go along. That. And I'm not telling you to soften your stance, but I'm seeing a lot of posts. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of statements that are, if you voted this way, I don't even want to talk to you anymore. And that doesn't line up with Scripture I heard Francis Chan a couple weeks ago make a statement that if I read the Word of God and I disagree with what it says, I have to assume that I am wrong. It is okay to vote your conviction. It is okay to stand where you want to stand. But over the next few weeks, the world is going to have to figure out what to do with this current situation, and we're going to watch people flip out. I'm not speaking negatively. I'm making assumptions based off of what we've seen so far. There will be a lot of media. There will be a lot of noise. And people that you love and look up to and people that you follow their blogs and whatever else, they may say some pretty intense things and even say it in the name of Jesus. But if it's hateful and if it's this cancel nonsense, of, just get out of here. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You're, a, you're off of the body of Christ. That's not biblical. It's just not biblical. I'm not saying to soften our our stance for what we stand for. But the goal here is healing. The the goal here is reconciliation and forward motion and awareness. And that doesn't come from saying, you know what, you you voted that way, so you're just out. Out. Because the world is supposed to know us based off of the love that we have for each other. And he says it's the love that he had for us. And when Peter completely disowned him three times, he still turned around and loved him. So at the risk of of being harsh, my heart breaks for, for the situation, for the circumstances, for the things that I know that I don't understand and the weight of that. And I don't pretend in the slightest to have it all figured out or to know it all. But the thing that God has put on my heart today is that over the, the, the foreseeable future, the next few weeks, people are going to continue to realize that one man cannot fix the sin in our country. And as that happens and anxiety doesn't go down, regardless of who wins, they're going to look at the church. And if the church is punching each other over who we did and did not vote for, then we look like everybody else. And instead of presenting hope of a savior that changes everything, we just look like everybody else doing the exact same that they really are. So this is a real moment for us. We get to be a part of a historical moment. We get to be a part. I know that sounds awful to say like, well, I didn't sign up for this. But we get to be a part of a historical moment where as things ebb and flow and there's transition and there's stuff going on around us, we get to be a part of the only thing that can really be a cure. And that's Jesus. Jesus. So, for us, you know, for for me and my house, we're not going to turn on each other. From the beginning, the vision statement was a place where you can encounter the love of God with people that love God and love each other. And that doesn't just mean with a pretty face on when we come in here. It means with what you post on social media, with what you reshare, with the way you carry yourself. We want this to be a place where we can genuinely mourn with those who mourn. We can seek to learn and understand and all of the topics and subjects and things that are so heavy right now. But we need to do that in a way that looks like the body of Christ working together. Jesus is the only one that can fix sin. So let's not put our hope anywhere else. Yes, vote, 100% do your due diligence, stand for what's right. We're going to stand for what this word says. We're not just going to bow to stuff. I'm not just going to bow to abortion. I'm not just going to bow to racism. I'm not just like, we're going to stand for this. We're going to vote for what we believe in. We're going to seek after God and pray that he would change our nation. But at the end of the day, I'm praying and desperately hoping that Jesus does this because I am well aware that a single individual cannot change a nation. It's going to take a group of people in unity putting Jesus first and running after that. I know the storm has been raging around us and it may continue for a moment. But let's link arms and let's put Jesus first. Let's genuinely love one another, even in disagreement, and let's figure out what the future looks like with that. Amen. As the band comes back up, um, Livy mentioned a little bit, a, uh, a prophetic word from, from a little while back as, as we were kind of praying that the walls would break down. um, It's awesome that she mentioned that because this week it was brought to my remembrance in my office pinned on this little cork board thing on the wall. I have a printout of a text message that was sent to me on January 5th of this year. So the context of this is super important. A few years back, Livy had this dream. And, and, and those of you that grew up in Pentecostal uh, culture, you know that often God will speak through dreams and know, use these things. Sometimes it's just this random off the wall, whatever thing, and you just forget about it and you move on. But over a couple years, we had multiple people have a very similar dream. Now the dream was that um, we were in the main sanctuary and there were a bunch of people that had been like part of kids church choir one day that that had grown up at this point and that we all together were in the sanctuary, physically tearing walls down. And over a couple years, multiple people had the same dream. So then on, on January 5th, Livy and I get this text message and, and I haven't shared this with, with you guys because it was very, it was very personal. Um, but we get this text message from a, a member of the congregation and she said, I had this dream and you're not gonna believe it. it. It's so important, so lean in for me. She had this dream and uh, multiple times a year for like seven years, she had had this same dream that she was in her old church and that all the lights were off and the windows and walls were boarded in and almost every time she had the dream she would run into an individual that was really really struggling it was always somebody she knew either from the church that she was at at the time or from Park West or wherever and it was like it was God's way of telling her there's a darkness over this person's life you need to pray for this individual she said over the years it was really it was kind of crazy a lot of times it was people that that had struggled with some really deep depression And over that time period, a couple of those people actually took their own life. There was a lot of heaviness. There was a lot of junk. Well, on January 5th of this year, she sends us this message explaining how she had had that same dream for years and this and this. And she said, but Caleb, you're not gonna believe it. I had that dream again last night, but this time it was so different. Now it's one thing for somebody to have a dream this like one time and it'd be whatever. But the fact that she had this dream and it was a prayer thing between her and God for seven years When she said that she had this dream, but that Livy and I were in it, it got my attention. She said, in the dream, you and Livy were walking through that same old church building, but the lights were on for the first time. She said, Livy was physically busting the walls down and more light was coming in. she said I don't I don't guess I really have to (laughs) to clarify what that means and because we had already had these prophetic dreams come up of God doing something through young people she basically typed out this prayer for us that was man God has something radical planned for Oasis in this calendar year specifically, and this was in January, well before we had any idea what was about to happen in the country and all the craziness that was going to happen. We had almost three months where we couldn't meet as a congregation in person at all. But we've had multiple salvations this year in this room. We've had at least three baptisms in the Holy Spirit in this room in the last three months alone. We had multiple water baptisms right after she sent that message at the first time, at the first of the year. And God still has more in store for the future. I share all of that not to like be this overly spiritual thing of, oh, look what God is doing in our lives. Like, no, I share that to say God is not done with 2020. And we've got a couple months left before this year is over. And right now, where everybody's freaking out is an incredible time for harvest in the kingdom. But we're not going to get there if we're fussing at each other. So tonight, as, as walls are coming down, as we declare that Jesus is our champion, let this be a unifying moment where in your own heart and your own mind, you recenter we all recenter and go god yeah this has been crazy and and politics are freaking me out and i'm so involved and i'm so in it and whatever and if you, if something i said tonight hit home and you need to take a minute and process and repent that's between you and jesus cuz i'm having to do the same thing but we have an incredible opportunity at this point in history to be a young group of people that puts jesus before all else and see some radical salvations happen in the next couple months. Amen. Amen. Will you stand with me as we pray together? God, thank you for who you are. Thank you for your goodness and for your love. Thank you for your faithfulness. God, truly thank you that you knew in advance that this stuff was gonna be going on. None of this caught you by surprise and you saw fit to put Caleb Ramsey right here in this moment. You saw fit to put every individual in the room right here for this moment. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. So tonight, God, we decide, you know what? My heart hurts and I'm angry about the situation, but above all else, kingdom growth is gonna take priority. Above all else, let my flesh be crucified so that I can love the people around me the way that you do. God, bring healing over hearts that are in turmoil right now. Bring peace over hearts and minds that are broken. And God, bring a purpose to fulfill the great commission as we run after you for the rest of the year. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.